0: In this episode, I'm joined by Dr. Catherine Holdham. When I first started coaching Catherine as the main earner in her household with a young child, she was feeling very anxious about making the right next choice in her career and found herself at a career crossroads. During this episode, we discuss how she used the coaching tools to choose between a successful research fellowship or a senior scientist position at Syngenta. We also talk about how coaching has had a profound impact not only on herself, but also how she raises her children and how using the tools has led to two internal promotions at Syngenta, one of which happened on her second maternity leave. Catherine has a big heart, a big vision, and I can't wait for you to hear her story. So let's dig in. Welcome, Catherine, to the podcast today. I'm really, really excited to have you as a guest and can we get started by just tell us who you are Catherine. Sure
1: thanks for having me on so my name is Catherine Holden and I'm the automation chemistry platform lead at Syngenta based in the UK.
0: Brilliant thank you so much. Um, This podcast is really all about your journey and I want to kind of take you all the way back to the start of that and it seems like quite some time ago now actually because it was like pretty much after I'd first qualified as a coach when we started working together so it has been a couple of years now so I want to bring you back to that start and what was going on in the lead up to starting coaching together yeah
1: so it was yeah it was 2019 I think when I first reached out to you and I was finishing up my postdoc fellowship um which had been in Spain at ICIQ in Terragona for people who know these things. And, um, I was fortunate to have a Marie Curie individual fellowship. And as part of that, I had the opportunity to spend about six months doing a secondment in a company at Syngenta who was my industrial partner. And this was really good because I had a young family and we were wanting to move back to the UK. Uh, My fellowship was going to be finishing in February and I was the sole provider for my family because my husband had left his fairly well-paying job to look after our daughter while we lived in Spain so I could sort of focus on this postdoc. I felt quite a lot of pressure to find something that could support my family and provide some stability um, but also not wanting to waste all the amazing opportunities and support that I'd received, you know, from my husband, obviously, but also from the mentors and supervisors who'd kind of helped me along the way. Um, so I was feeling really anxious and under a lot of pressure to find my next thing after the fellowship. So there was a couple of reasons that I reached out to you um, or oh, I sought to have some coaching. One was that I was struggling to decide what to do with my future and the other one was that I recognised I had really bad anxiety. I don't know if you remember in one of our first conversations I told you that I, my anxiety was so bad that it felt like my tongue was burning sometimes.
0: I do remember the tongue thing, yes. Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and I just knew I needed some help of some kind um outside of the people who already knew me and were already helping me someone impartial to talk things through and help me figure out um yeah what to do really so that's why I first reached out to you
0: thank you um and you do have a large family so I do remember that you when we first started you had a lot of people that you could talk to but none of them were impartial and that was an important part of the process for you as well wasn't it
1: yeah I've I've got a lot of brothers and sisters, and I'm pretty close to yeah to most of them. Like I can talk really easily with both my sisters, my mom, my uh, cousin Rebecca. So yeah, lot lots of family support that I can kind of reach out to. I even had people within so within chemistry, within academia that I could um, talk to and were sort of mentoring me and helping me figure out you know the actual steps to take if that makes sense. Yeah. But the thing for me was that decision point, trying to figure out which path to take almost and
0: you kind of had two choices that all coalesced within was it within the same week or something crazy like that so yeah tell us about the two like choices that you ended up trying to make a decision around
1: yeah so I uh, earlier on in my f- um, postdoc I kind of made a bargain with myself that if I got an independent or an individual fellowship I would keep going on the academic track and try and get um, you know start an independent academic career. However, I knew I didn't want to do another postdoc because I felt like that wouldn't be a good way to support my family. It would mean too much moving around, too much uh, instability. So I pursued a particular fellowship at an, um, at a university that I really liked and I thought would you know fit well for me and I managed to get support from the department and got all the way through to, The interview stage for that but at the same time a team leader role had been advertised at Syngenta and um, I had a really good feeling about the atmosphere in the company. I quite liked being there even it had only been a couple of months really but it really felt like somewhere that I could maybe stay and because I really didn't want to make the decision about which path to choose I decided to apply for both and pull myself into both and ended up having interviews for both around around the same time and then actually being offered both um at around the same time <laughs> so the universe had decided that i had to make the decision i couldn't just let you know chance or fate or bad luck make the decision for me
0: exactly there's that kind of well i'll just go for it all them whichever one i don't get i'll go with and then you're presented with the actual choice you have to make the decision yeah. so how did you go about making that choice? Well,
1: in the end, it was actually really easy. I had a pe- or a person who'd been mentoring me throughout the process, and um, they gave me a piece of advice, which was choose the thing that make you think will make you, ha- you happy. And as soon as they said they said that, I could just feel it in my body. I knew which one I would be happiest doing, and. I chose to stay at Syngenta and start on an industrial track um, instead of going along the academic path that I'd sort of seen myself doing.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I just want to backtrack you a little bit to that interview stage, because you you did start off by saying, you know, your anxiety levels were quite high during this time, especially with the additional pressure. And you were going through interviews. And I know for many people, interviews can be quite anxiety inducing in and of themselves so i know we worked together on the interview in fact i think it was like our first session and we yeah, had to was. come up with some kind of tools to help you manage the anxiety during these interviews so do you want to say a little bit about that because i know the interviews went really well for you
1: yeah um it was our first session and you asked me how did i normally go into interviews and i told you about how i used to go in with a lot of nervous energy very positive very excited but definitely that kind of anxious nervous energy and you taught me a few techniques around I think mostly it was around learning how to expand my awareness and to embody that kind of uh, different um sort of energy going going into the interview one that was calm and confident and um yeah just kind of what will be will be that was was how it felt. Um, So the thing that I actually did, particularly before the fellowship interview, was to go and find a nice peaceful spot in a garden just uh, close to where I was going to go and meet the panel, uh, listen to some music. I think it was some Baroque music that you'd suggested to me. It was not something I necessarily would have picked uh, myself, but it really worked to get you into that kind of frame of mind. Um, so I listened to that music and then I did the expanded awareness exercise which is where you just let your consciousness go out and out and out kind of into the sky and um, yeah and just really let your mind expand and so I went into that interview probably in a completely different way than I ever had done before Um yeah really calm stately almost and yeah it obviously it went really well so
0: <laughs> there we go. I love that first session something major to to um to get us started yeah. No, I really love that the whole um exercises that we went through are about inducing the state within which you want to be in not arriving in the nervous energy actually taking the time to curate how you want to like walk in how you want to feel how you want to speak in those particular scenarios so um, yeah, I was really, really impressed with how you just went with it and absolutely got the result that you were looking for. So, you have made that transition. You made the choice. You went for what's going to make you the happiest. And I guess most fulfilled, really, is the word that I would use to describe that happiness. So, how have you found the transition to that full, you know, like letting go in a way of academia? fully into industry. How has that been for you?
1: Yeah, this has been quite hard to think about what the difference was because it seems so long ago now, even though it's only a couple of years, but obviously so much has happened in the past two years. Um I guess the first sort of thing that I noticed was a real emphasis on collaboration and Uh, from the beginning it was I had to try and understand or I really tried to understand how all the different scientific and technical disciplines in the projects that I was working in uh, contributed and served each other towards a common goal and that was really the different minds that I suppose that we that we had or that I noticed and because of this I don't know it just meant that you could quite quickly move from some like an individual contributor who you're trying to do your thing and meet your goals and achieve what you need to achieve to working together in a large group. And that happened for me in a a few ways. So physically, I went from being an individual contributor to managing a small team and then um, to kind of having more indirect leadership and responsibilities. Um, I suppose the other uh, transition that I had to go through was um how do I explain this so in an academic context I suppose the model that we have is that leaders are the maestros they know the most about their area they're the true experts and they really really know you know all the detail they know everything and they're you know teaching um you know they're the students the postdocs whoever it is about the field yeah we all contribute but the leadership model is that you know gaining true expertise whereas I found that in industry or at least in gender, and at least in my kind of experience that knowing everything isn't necessarily the right way or the the thing that you need to do Um, what's important is knowing who knows the answer or who can help you with figuring out the answer because the projects are so big and complex that you need lots of different expertise to try and solve the problems and so yeah I think they were the the two kind of main things I had to learn to change in the beginning.
0: Yeah I really get that because um, obviously I understand the context as well, if you don't know something in academia it's like almost the ownership is on you to go and find it out figure it out get trained in it like get into the detail of it whereas actually when you work with lots of other people then the question is very different I love that I've gone from like how do I how do I do this to who who can help me yeah and even <laughs> just seeing those words is like a ah, like a huge sigh of relief like who else can help me here
1: yeah sometimes it does end up being you you're the one that needs to go and find the new technique or learn it but you'll get the support that you need to do that as well so that's fine
0: I love that and I know just before we started talking because I I talk about you in terms of your leadership pathway since you've been in Syngenta because you've now moved a number of times in a very short space of time so I know you don't like to use necessarily the word leadership pathway, but can you um, can you describe what's been happening over the last two years in Syngenta for you?
1: Yeah, so I've just had uh, one role change. Um, so I started off as what was called a team leader position, which is um, a bit like being uh, so people who are in pharma is like being a bit a medicinal chemist um, and having a small team. And then within a couple of months, I think, so I started in about March and then around August, I took on the lead chemist role for the project that I was on. Um, So this is where you're the kind of point of contact for chemistry for the rest of the project. And that's what I mean by having indirect leadership responsibility to other people, uh, other chemists, particularly on the project. I wasn't completely abandoned there was another team leader in the project who had a wealth of experience in in this project he'd been involved in it you know almost since the beginning and really knew the history and all the detail and he was there to help and support that way um, but he wasn't able to take on the lead chemist role because he had other responsibilities so I was there to help make the sort of day-to-day or week-to-week decisions about you know which which compounds we were making and try and and direct the sort of synthesis chemists into where to put their energy, if that makes sense, but without being their manager. So you can't, you don't just tell them this is what you're working on. It's about setting the context or the vision for the project, like what needs to be done at this stage in the project and um, what will help us answer the questions that we need to answer as a project. So these are the compounds that we want to try and focus on, try and deliver to the glass house for screening. Um, and then I think about a year after I'd been at Syngenta or you know being a team leader it was actually while I was pregnant with my uh, with my baby so that's maybe another story we can come into um, the opportunity came up to join what's called the chemistry automation team And this team is responsible for doing reaction optimization and parallel library synthesis to support the discovery chemistry. So it would be going from sort of doing the discovery chemistry to helping to support those projects by kind of focusing more on this reaction optimization and uh, parallel synthesis side. Um, I was really interested in this because I've always quite being quite fascinated with the sort of enabling chemistry side of um side of yeah organic synthesis I suppose and by that I mean um figuring out new ways to make molecules either new molecules or more effective more efficient more sustainable ways to make molecules and that is how we end up being able to advance things like you know agrochemistry, pharmaceutical chemistry, because then we can make more different things and they will have more uses. So I uh, yeah, it was really kind of um a scientific sort of passion of mine to be able to get involved in in this side of the or this part of the business. Um however I have basically no experience in actual automation science. So this was quite um yeah this was going to be quite a big change for me. Anyway, there's a couple of people um, at Syngenta who really encouraged me to sort of apply or make known that I was interested in the position and I did the the interview when I was about, I don't know, probably eight months pregnant (laughs) so I felt very big (laughs) over Zoom as well which was not uh, not ideal and it was a it was a, t- a challenging experience i guess because it was it wasn't something that i'd planned to go for at that stage in my career um i was quite happy doing what i was doing i was learning lots and i hadn't really expected to start moving forward quite that quickly anyway um so then about i don't know a month or so after my baby was born my manager dropped me me while said like oh when you you know when you got some time could we chat and um, they decided to offer me to move to that team which um, meant kind of expanding my responsibilities in terms of uh, the number of people I was line managing how complex the sort of management was and um, they weren't they weren't going to offer me the kind of group leader level role because we were all quite aware that I didn't have that level of management experience yet. And I was perfectly happy with that. Also knowing that I would come back from maternity leave into this role with on a steep learning curve. It was important to make sure that I was supported to grow in a, you know, in, at a pace that was suitable for me, not just being kind of thrown in off the deep end. Um, yeah. So when I came back from maternity leave a few months ago now, I sort of started off. um. Yeah, part-time and slowly built up my my hours and that was in this new role as sort of what's been rebranded as the platform lead for chemistry automation at Jellots Hill so there's a few of us um yeah me at Jellots Hill and then a couple in Switzerland as well.
0: And I think that's such an incredible pace of journey as you said you weren't quite expecting everything to happen so quickly for you in Syngenta and I love the fact that you are you know stepping more into your natural talents and capabilities in this role as well you've talked with you know passion about why you want to do that role as well but if we take you back to you know starting the journey with tongue altering anxiety to being able to move so quickly through this pathway in Syngenta what you know it feels like back then that wouldn't, I might I might be putting words in your mouth here, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you might not have been able to do that had you at the start. So what kind of tools or coaching actually helped you to be able to do that so beautifully and quickly?
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I would never have had the confidence or kind of, I don't know, Um, it would have been too much, I think, had I thought I would take that on um sort of back when we first yeah first spoke so I thought about a few of these I think the first thing that I learned as part of working together with you was to how to care for myself as a whole human being not just what I like to call a brain on a stick so (laughs) I'm not just a brain on a stick you do I do have to look after myself and you know um take care of my sleep my food you know nutrition exercise having solitude, having fun, all of these different things. They're really important. And that was probably the number one thing I had to learn. And I think some of the frameworks that you've sort of taught about, um, you know, how to think about these things really helped. Um, The second one, and I had to probably learn this a few times, was I think what you call the cycle of creation. But I think it's known in sort of stoic principles is this, I am not my thoughts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean that uh, like you who is very brain heavy but it is a big thing, you know, every thought that we have suddenly we make it mean something and we attach feelings to it and then we're taking actions based on how we think and feel. So people that get stuck in that anxiety cycle of um preempting, you know, all the what ifs, worrying, ruminating, catastrophizing, um tend to fall into that kind of um thought process and that cycle of creating is just a tool that we use to kind of break down what's actually happening and being able to separate out the story from the truth first of all because we're very good at making up stories or at least I am and then knowing that we can't just think our way out of them we also have to be able to feel our way out of things as well because if we've you know induced an anxiety state within us just you know understanding that the thought is the thought it's a story not the truth and what the truth is doesn't necessarily change how we feel so it's also about you know learning techniques to move through emotions as well as thoughts I mean what's your take on that
1: yeah um I think the way that I did it was to do a lot of journaling when uh you know I start yeah sometimes I'm sure other people have this where you get that there's like three or four a.m um like thinking storms where you just can't get out of a thinking loop so um in the past I yeah would just either get up or probably do some work not really ideal so then I learned to journal my way through the thoughts and that would just like get them out of my head um you know figure out okay what really is the problem like maybe it's not so big but writing it all down was the thing that really helped for me I think
0: yeah, and that can be really, I remember doing that myself, um, really on in my own journey, that clearing of all the thoughts from the head onto the page and then suddenly going, oh, there's actually space in my head for something else other than all these kind of like, you know, anxious thoughts, I would put it. Yeah,
1: Interestingly, around the feelings, actually, with my daughter, so she's eight now, trying to teach her how to name her feelings is probably how I figured out more about how to
0: name my own <laughs> so, Interesting. And yeah. what, what would you say would be the kind of the top emotions and feelings that she tends to feel that you have to label
1: yeah I think worried or or nervous about stuff is one it's definitely one of those things so yeah she I hope she doesn't mind me talking about this but um when she's been ill or off school she gets worried about going back in and uh. it took quite a lot of talking things through to figure out that she wasn't ill anymore. She was just worried about going back. and then we figured out that if her friend meets her at the school gate, then it's much better but being able to kind of name that as she's worried about going back, not that she's still feeling poorly. um yeah, that's that's made a big difference. Um, I think naming when she feels like she's lacking connection with one of us with one of her parents, um. So not necessarily lonely or I don't really know what the name of the emotion is, but lacking connection,
0: something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so those are a couple of things. And she's been someone who's taught you, I guess, in that process of helping her. You've also been helping yourself with the emotions. What do you do with them once you've labelled them? What are your techniques now?
1: Sometimes just saying what it is is enough. And then you just then you can feel the feeling and then it kind of goes through so yeah <laughs> that's pretty much one of them sometimes you know we need we figure out like does she need to feel like she needs to go and like bounce on the trampoline or you know have cuddles on the sofa in a story um yeah so sometimes it's like you're missing something that you need and I'll do the same now for me as well like okay do I just need to go and have a walk outside or go for a swim or have a bath that kind of thing uh, I'll tell you a really nice story that happened a couple of weeks ago I was super tired on Saturday and feeling kind of emotional and I told her and she said mommy I'm going to run you a fancy bath so <laughs> she went up in the bathroom and ran me a bath bubbles in got some candles and then went and asked my husband for the fancy wine glass <laughs> she can give me a little <laughs> glass of wine as well So yeah.
0: I love this though, because these are all things that the next generation of um, you know, little people coming through are gonna value their own self-care and be able to take ownership of thoughts, emotions, and feelings and have that self-awareness. I think it's huge.
1: Yeah, it's incredible. I don't remember being that self-aware of my emotions at that age. And yeah, I yeah, I think it is a generational thing, but also yeah as a parent I'm going through it and then teaching her at the same time so she hopefully won't have to do the same thing yeah wait till she's 30 to figure that out or whatever
0: I know I have a mentor who always says you know you can either let that feeling go or you can hang on to it for another 20 years what do you choose to do like I'm gonna (laughs) let it go I'm gonna let it go I don't want to hold on to it but yeah I think that's um I think that's great and in terms of work now so you have been you know stepping up into leadership i wondered if in that process you know because as we move through leadership it can sometimes become really obvious that you might be one of the only women in the room so what have you noticed for yourself in terms of like equity and inclusion and diversity as you've been moving through
1: well This is quite interesting because at Syngenta, I don't feel that at all. Um, So maybe when I first started, the gender balance wasn't so great at the kind of in the chemistry department. But within the past year or so now, most of the group leaders, so that's the people with kind of line management responsibility, are women, people at that level. So it's a kind of level above me. There's kind of a good split. Um, I've already said this to the head of the sort of chemistry department here that we have to be careful because now we've got a lot of women in the people management role, but no kind of female leaders in the technical side, just in this particular department. If you look across chemistry as a whole, it is more balanced again, still, you've got women in technical leadership roles as well. Um My own team is not particularly gender balanced and that's, yeah, I think through recruitment and things like that, you just got to be aware of trying to make sure that the recruitment processes is fair and, you know, you're trying to find enough candidates to kind of apply for these things as well. So yeah, at Syngenta, I actually have not felt like that for a long time. I think before that, when I was still... The postdoc and in academia yeah for sure I think I was the only woman postdoc in my group which was quite a big group oh wow um at the time I mean there had been women in the past and there probably will be in the future no doubt um but yeah and I think that yeah you'd often feel like you would or you often would be the only woman in the in the space or in the in a meeting things like that in that situation, but no, um, it's it's a different story here, and I think that's why I like well why I felt so keen to sort of stay at Syngenta when I got here because it just felt completely different to the sort of spaces
0: that I'd been in before. So great to hear, Catherine. It really is, um, and I know that you have thoughts about how you also want to make a bigger difference in the world as well. Um, maybe beyond the technical side. So how would you describe that bigger difference you feel called to make?
1: I suppose, yeah, throughout well, at least since I was doing my PhD or when I started to come aware of this, it was so important to me to try and address yeah, address the what I noticed first was obviously the gender imbalance. Um but then as I learned more, you know, it's other my groups as well. But the way that I feel it's important to tackle some of this is to change the the atmosphere or the culture that is in I'll just I'm going to limit myself to kind of organic chemistry because that's what I know that's where I operate if that makes sense and that's how I try to make a difference in my own work or in the, in the people that I touch through my work and my leadership is to make sure that the culture we're in is one that's yeah much more open and honest and inclusive and try to get rid of any of those more sort of toxic and uh, negative practices that were yeah that I kind of witnessed or experienced as I was going through um but then more specifically I suppose I've Joined the organising committee for the European, or no, for the Empowering Women in Organic Chemistry conference, the European version that's happening uh, no, this year. In. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so watch that space. That'll be late, uh, yeah, in summer next year. And um, and for me, that's really about trying to have more of an impact outside of my own uh, little bubble of where I work. So yeah. And I'm I think.
0: I think that is hugely exciting and I think that also speaks to this real ability to be able to handle so much more than we thought was even possible before because I remember before I started out on my own you know personal development journey I was struggling to handle with what I had you know on my day-to-day plate without even thinking about adding anything else in that would have been like overwhelmed city. So it's being able to have like you said that putting yourself first the balance and then that almost opened yourself up to being able to like champion things and have more of an impact and influence as well. So it's really great to see you stepping into that space as well.
1: Yeah one of the reasons I wanted to stay on an academic career path was to like make a difference in organic chemistry and academic organic chemistry and if I'm honest that's probably one of the driving reasons why I was trying to stay on an academic career path and then I just realized I didn't have the energy to do everything I wanted to do so you know have a family do research look after people and change the you know I was going to say change the world
0: (laughs) yeah and I would say that you are because you're changing your corner of the world and that you know when lots of us go out there and do that it does change the world it's a big difference
1: so it's great now that I'm in a position where I'm doing the things that I love but I can still have that impact through through a different way to how I thought but still yeah achieving what I was really important to me yeah a few years ago I
0: love that I love that and there are like you said there's not just one way of doing it there are multiple different ways do have that impact that you want to create as well. So I have a couple of questions now before we finish, if that's okay. Sure. So I would like you to go back to a point in your past, like in, you know, in your past history, and it can be any point along the timeline. And I want you to tell us what that moment in time is. And if you could go back to yourself at that moment in time and whisper something in your ear piece of advice maybe or words of encouragement what would that time in your life be and what would you say to yourself
1: Uh, I guess I don't know exactly which point in time this would be probably when I was at university I go back to that time and tell myself uh, stop worrying about what other people want for you and figure out what you want
0: yeah yeah making that big shift I love that love it and I know that you have done one-to-one coaching with me you've done group coaching you've done the career design mastermind course and Syngenta are also paying for your one-to-one coaching now which I think is incredible and it's so nice to work with you one-to-one again as well but what advice would you give to somebody just starting out coaching with me what advice would you give to them
1: um I suppose, I guess the approach that I've taken is just go into it completely open-minded and let Hannah take you on that journey because we she does some really fun things. And um by not controlling the process that we need to do and just treating it as an experiment or an adventure, then um, I think the levels of self-awareness that I've achieved have been so much more by just you know putting myself in her hands and trying the experiments yeah trying things out
0: I love that and I often describe that to my clients as we first get started particularly if they are scientists you know that um that approach of you know treat yourself as an experiment like yourself take the tools that we're using take the techniques try them out if they work keep them if they don't you know you've tried them they may come back again in the future and come around again um but it's one big huge experiment and adventure as well of opening yourself up to more yeah love it thank you and thank you so much for joining me today as well Catherine oh you're welcome it's a pleasure to be here thank you for listening to women in stem career and confidence to get further support in your journey join me in breakthrough unleashed on facebook